All right, guys, welcome, Black Triber. Black Tribers, welcome to our home once again. Yes. We're dressed up because we're leaving in 20 seconds to go to our graduation. Graduation, G42. So it's a big day here. Yeah, it was incredible. I want to share this real quick. Our um, well, The first week we got to have class together, then we all went into the lockdown. And now this last week we've been kind of sneaking in the upper room of Me House. And uh, a church got fined 30,000 euros for gathering. But we just decided... We went within the laws, though. We went within the laws, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, been an incredible week. Phenomenal. We're excited. This is part seven. Wow. In our marriage. Yeah. So so much feedback. So many uh, questions and so many people in pain. Uh, One of the uh, questions that kept coming up is, how do you deal with sickness and anxiety and depression within a marriage. And we know that this generation is struggling more with depression and anxiety. I don't think they're actually struggling more. I think they're talking about it more. And I think that it's finally okay for people to say, I am struggling. And I think that's why we're seeing what looks like this huge in, you know, increase, but I don't think it actually is. I think right. every generation, well, you know, you always hear the old men say, um, I don't understand these young soldiers. Um, you know, we went to three or four wars and we didn't have, you know, post-traumatic stress or anything. Well, they drank like crazy and they beat their wives. And a lot of them really, really struggled and were not good husbands and not good fathers. And so to say that the you know, this generation is the first to struggle with this is not true. It's well, just I, that we're I, talking about it. I agree that they're not the first to struggle with it. But I, I do know that because and we've talked about this a, a lot, but because we've coddled the generation, mm-hmm. we've over medicated them. We've for pr- sure overprotected them, that their pain is more internal yeah. than most generations, because God's always going to use pain to get us to change, yeah. to get us to transformation. Pain is the greatest teacher if you allow it to transform you yes. instead of transmitting it. And so a lot of those guys in World War II transmitted their anger. Exactly. That's and, all I'm yeah. saying. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm and you. so the question that came to us was, um, I have a, a spouse that's really struggling with depression and anxiety, or I have a spouse or I'm the one that's just physically ill and dealing with some, you know, um, diseases and some things that are really changed and just what has happened in the marriage because of those things. Wow. So how do they deal with it? So you're saying that you've got one healthy partner yeah, and then you've got a partner that's maybe has cancer, yeah. maybe has depression. Or just don't know what's wrong with them. anxiety. Really yeah. And that's probably got to really hurt your sex life. Well, you know, a lot of things come up whenever we have um, physical issues. And this is why I always say we have to do no matter what's happening in our life. If, if we're struggling with depression or anxiety or there's some physical manifestations that something's wrong, I always say you've got to look what's happening physically, what's happening spiritually and what's happening emotionally. A lot of people just go only to physical and they won't look at what might have happened spiritually or emotionally. Yeah, I would say start spiritually. Yeah, because what you know, there's a lot lot of science behind, you know, people who refuse to get out of bitterness, right, end up with cancer, different types of cancer and uh, disease a lot comes from us not forgiving and not releasing in our bodies. It's not always black and white or we wouldn't, you know, we have 18 month old babies that have cancer. There's no explanation for that. So it's, I I think that's what you always have to look at is uh, with my recent healing from 15 years of chronic pain horrible pain, um, joint pain and muscle pain and chronic insomnia. Like I would go sometimes three days without sleeping. And, um, that the way that affected you though, 
was huge yeah. because I mean, you handled it great. You always, you had compassion for me. You knew, I think this is one of the things we have to do, especially when we're dealing with mental issues is we don't want to ever walk in shame and we don't ever want to walk in, you know, condemnation, but we do have to, I think it speaks a lot to your spouse when you're doing everything that you can. And I always promised you, I'm doing everything I can. I will give up dairy. I will give up red meat. I will give up, you know, and I will keep doing our life, even though I'm suffering. And I, and I did that. But one of the things I realized that came up was I was reading about insomnia and at the end of the article, cause I was trying to get help at the end of the article, they said, um, you know, uh, the percentage of people that get divorced because one spouse has insomnia was really high. Is that right? And it scared me. And that morning when you woke up, I realized that I needed to apologize to you because while I couldn't sleep, I was angry. I was frustrated. I was, I was really scared. And I wanted you to be in there with me. Kind of like I act when I have to fast for yes. three days with no food, just mm-hmm. water. You're fun fast. You're a fun faster. <laughs> I'm a fun faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I apologized to you. You did. And I, and I took myself out of my own torment that I was in and said, wait, what's it like to be married to me? Mm. And I realized that even if I had a horrible night of not sleeping or days without sleeping, I still needed to rise above my emotions. And, and, and be a good wife and serve you and take care of you. And well, that's, for you. I mean, I can imagine if there's a, some women out there listening that have had chronic pain and chronic yeah. illness and you then take responsibility and repent to me. I mean, I think I've been pretty, pretty good through all You've been awesome. Um, not perfect. No, but I, all I'm saying is I had to look at it and say, this is affecting him. It's not just affecting me. And that's what you have to do. Like your anger in the beginning of our marriage was your issue, yes. but it deeply affected me. Right. And so when you took ownership for that and got help for that and, and got healing for that, of course we flourished. I wasn't going to leave you because of that, but it w- there had to be an acknowledgement that your issue is spilling out of me and there's no way for it not to in a marriage. So are you comparing a man's anger to a woman's chronic pain. No. Okay. Because I think that <laughs> I'm not going to oversimplify this. You know, I'm not going to do that. But I think that mine went back to trauma. Okay. And so when I started oh, dealing right. with it on a, on a spiritual level of getting healing from trauma, getting my emotions healed. And also I made serious dietary changes. I did give up red meat. I did get, you know, I I looked at anything that was inflammatory and said, okay, I'm going to get that out of my life. And it was a combination. I think I was physically, emotionally, and spiritually messed up. And when I started looking at all aspects of those and I started adjusting all things in my life, the the healing came. And And the healing came honestly during lockdown. Yeah. Well, I couldn't move. And it was the first time I, I didn't have to move. Like I did all my appointments from the couch and I actually got rest probably for the first time in our life. Because yeah, anytime I'd get ahead, we'd have to do some major traveling or something, and it would put me right back. Okay, so let's dive in a bit. Then. Okay. So you're going to walk us through depression. Yeah, in a yeah. Marriage. A depression in a marriage is a very difficult thing to go through because if one spouse, especially if some women have postpartum issues, which is hormonal. It isn't that you don't love your baby. It isn't that you're not happy you just had a baby. It isn't that you don't love your husband. It's not none of those things. You have an extreme hormonal rush. And the worst thing we can do when we're in a difficult situation, either physically unhealthy or mentally struggling, is to say, I'm not worthy of this relationship. I'm not worthy of life. And this is going to be this way the rest of my life. Well, and a lot of times, you know, that comes, and again, we've talked about it, but in the wolf hours, like, you know, you're laying back to back, you're angry with each other, you're maybe frustrated yeah. with your spouse, 
because of a, a, a depression yeah. or a physical sickness and it starts running through your mind. Maybe I did this to him or the opposite. I'm getting really sick and tired of this. Yeah, which I'm sure you were sick and tired of it. I mean, I would say things to you when I was really frustrated, like, you know, maybe I should just die and you can get a nice, healthy wife. Yeah, you would. And that made you mad. Yes. You did not think that was funny. I did not think that was funny. (laughs) I don't want a new wife, (laughs) please. Oh, it took you too long to get me all figured out. (laughs) But I think you have to look at it from both perspectives. So if you are the one that is struggling... If you are the one that is struggling with some some mental issues and, and some physical issues, you have to take responsibility for your own healing. And you've got to look at, do I need to go see a medical doctor? Do I need to go see a, a counselor? Do I need some prayer ministry? Do I, but reach out and then tell your spouse, listen, I want to kick this thing. Yes. I do not want to be this in the rest of my life. Will you support me doing this? Mm. And then if you're the person that is the support person, you also need support. Okay. So also, that like? Well, I mean, wouldn't it have been great for you to have some guy to talk to that said, my wife went through this and it was really difficult and here's how I dealt with it. And just say, we went through it, but we're on the other side now. Absolutely. I think that's, yeah. you know, if you, we all look, need that. if you look at, supportive couples or a support group or something like that. If you, you know, even with substance abuse, I think the, one of the things that people that do, if they have a spouse that's dealing with substance abuse is they go get support for themselves and they go join an Alon or whatever, or, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous for people that are, that love the person that's ill and the person that's struggling, whether that person's getting help or not, they realize I need support. Mm. And in that setting that's very acceptable in our society but when you have a spouse that's physically sick or mentally struggling with depression or anxiety we don't think wait the spouse needs support we don't think they need they need someone to talk to they need yeah. someone to walk through this with them so when you get support what happens is it it revives your hope because you're going to find someone in those circles that have said yes we went through that and we're on the other side of it now. There is hope. And here's what we did. And maybe they'll tell you 15 things and five of them might be something that you need to look at. But you, when you find hope, you can, you can get through the, the rough time. Okay. Uh, and let's, let's keep going down this road. I think that, um, what I want to say is, you know, we're, we're doing a lot of coaching now. Uh, you can go to our GaryMisaBlack.com mm-hmm. and, and get personal private coaching with us. Um, and if you are dealing in your marriage uh, with anger, if one of you is angry, either the, the woman or the, or the man or, or both, maybe uh, coming through this COVID, this, this pandemic that we've all walked yeah, through, you've really realized that uh, I've had a really hard time with my spouse. I haven't spent this much time with my children. And you're just walking through that. We've walked through that. We're, yeah. we've, we're pretty much experts in that field as well. <laughs> um, and then also, if you've got chronic sickness yeah. and you've been sick for a long time, and as a spouse, you're just frustrated. You don't know what to do. Um, call us. Let's let's call. Let's talk through that. If what could we do? Because uh, we're on the other side of that. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Yes. Right. Hallelujah. On all of those things. On all those things. Yeah. And I think that one thing I stopped doing um, was I stopped sharing what I was going through because I would say to someone, maybe an older woman or, or, you know, I haven't slept in three days and I can't really think straight and I have to teach this afternoon and whatever. And then they say something like, well, have you tried warm milk? Or have you tried, um, I had a friend say to me, she's like, you need to need to run really, 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 really fast for like an hour and then just pass out on your bed. I was like, 
No, I already have too much <laughs> adrenaline pumping through my body. That would make me just lay there and shake. And then, you know, people are like, have you tried lavender oil or have you tried this? And no they, more oils. They oversimplify a really serious problem and it makes that person shut down and say, I can't share this with anyone. So then I started only sharing it with people that could understand or related or had overcome it. Well, and then you would get angry with me when people would say, where's Lisa? Yeah. And I tell them, well, she's not feeling well because yeah. you just weren't. Because there was a lot of shame. There was shame attached yeah. to it. Yeah. I wasn't raised that you, you know, lazy people are, they suck, basically. Right. I was right. raised that lazy people suck. And so for me to have to need rest was really shameful for me. And so I hid it the best that I could. So you, know? you, so part of the issue was breaking the shame of that. Yeah. And then getting enough rest. Yes. To allow your body to get healed. Yes. Okay. All right. And taking responsibility. I mean, if we look... When you're talking about depression, which I think everybody struggles with at some point in their life, but for us, it was intense grief. Like uh, my grief after Michael died was not what I would call healthy grief. I would call traumatic grief yeah, where it was, in, it was in my nervous system. I was shaky all the time. I was very physically unhealthy and very emotionally unhealthy. And I couldn't get past it because I didn't realize it was trauma. I thought it was just grief and I've grieved lots of things in my life and I know how to do that, but it was actual trauma, which was needed a different recipe for healing. Right. And then I, it was interesting, you know, I post uh, two things every day on our Instagram, Granny Black, and then on our Facebook, Granny Black. And the other day I posted a, a thing about anger. It, it said, uh, I was angry until I found out that it was grief mm -hmm. and I needed to grieve it out. And I, I think I've had more likes on that. That made me cry. Than every, anyone, anything else I posted yeah. just because it struck a nerve in people mm -hmm. that guys look, you're, you might be grieving a, a loss of innocence, the loss of, of your business, of the business, of money, yes. of security, of so many. And things. the way it manifests is really different in all of us. For me, it was anger. And for me, it was drinking too much. Uh, it was whatever, however it manifested. For you, you just got, I got sick. You got really sick. I, I, Your health I, I, I took it all internally and I, it just literally. And so when we can learn voice. to actually sit in our grief and own it and love it and not be ashamed of right. it and embrace it yeah. and then grieve it out. So when it's time to stop grieving, it's time to stop. It's, it's kind of like when Moses died yeah. and for, they said, you can grieve for 30 days, let's do it. And then God said, okay, at the end of 30 days, you're done, move on, let's go. And people just had to make a choice and a decision to walk out of their grief right. and keep moving in life. And you, you did that. Yes. I've done that. We've done it. We still have to work on it. We it, it flares up, but it's not controlling our life. It's never going to go away. Right. It's always going to ache. <laughs> but we chose to ache together. Yes. And we that really is the key to, of course, everything is that there's a million things that are going to try and tear you apart. Just have just the stress of having children is enough to tear people Absolutely. apart. The stress of providing for your family, the stress of, you know, those years where you're just wiping butts and noses and counters and, and you know, you're hustling, trying to make money and, and everybody seems like they're doing so much better and so much easier for them. And you see everybody on social media and they're throwing these elaborate parties for their, you know, one-year-olds. And you're like, I just really want to buy a cupcake and, you know, be done with it. <laughs> and I think that you have to make those decisions. You have to remake those decisions all the time. Like, are we in this still death? Do we part? Cause that's what we said. And you don't realize the day that you're standing there and you're looking so good and you're young and thin and happy and healthy. What you don't know what's coming when you make those vows. And then when those things come, you have to reevaluate your vows and say, wait a minute, we said we were in this for life. We said we're going to back each other in sickness and in health. Yes. And so when sickness and health come up and it's an issue, 
it's something to overcome together. It isn't something to tear down. And I don't think when we say in sickness and in health, we think of depression and grief no, and don't. anger. And, mm-hmm. and that is as much of a sickness as anything of visible course. or even more, actually. Yeah, even more probably so. because it's invisible and it's tormenting. Wow. And, it's, and it can be overwhelming. But Jesus, when he was in the desert, was tormented by the enemy. He was tired. He was hungry. He was thirsty. He was very vulnerable. And he turned to the Lord and he spoke scriptures over himself to renew his mind. And if you're dealing with, with depression and anxiety, the, the word of the Lord will heal you. Absolutely. The promises in the scripture is living, breathing promises that he will give you. And it changes everything. I woke up today and was really struggling with something and feeling horrible about this struggle in my life. And I just went right to the scripture and just said, Lord, I need you to help me. Like, I can't do this on my own. I've been trying to do this on my own since I was born. I can't do this. I need you to invade. And he gave me hope. He gave me hope and he gave me a, a pathway of what to do next. And it was like, t- today has been hour by hour day, but we're going to get through it. Right. Yeah. And, and be a victor. And I don't know. I honestly don't have any idea how people do life without Jesus. Uh, Jesus is the best theology. Uh, and you just have to study his life and watch what he did and then actually sit with him. And, and, and again, we say this and please listen and hear this. Stop trying to love God and let God just love you. If you're struggling in your marriage right now and you're struggling in your business and your finance, you're struggling with what's next and how are we going to get through this? And I'm so sick. I'm so sick of being sick. Mm-hmm. And, and you've got to stop trying to get healed. You're going to fall into healing. You've got to stop trying to just get over your anger and will yourself through. It doesn't work. You've got to sit in your in your sickness. You've got to sit in your pain and you've got to own it. You've got to say, look, God, my heart is sick. I'm literally sick right now in my heart. I need a heart of hope. My body is sick. I need my body healed, Father. I'm going to sit in this with you and I'm just going to sit with you. And, and the Father will come in that space with you every single time. Yeah. And then the enemy will try to come in that space and you've got to do some warfare. You've got to get your, your, your sword bloody, we say. And, and you've got to actually stand against the enemy mm-hmm. and say, in Jesus name, I rebuke whatever that is. Name the spirit. I, I rebuke a spirit of anger. I rebuke a spirit of depression. The, the, the enemy only has words. And so he tries to whisper these words in, of, of sickness into us. And when we buy on into those words, we actually become sick. Well, and there's nothing that is going to tear you apart more than um, any kind of division where you're blaming the other person or you're making up stories in your head. Yes. Like I was making up stories in my head that you probably wished I would just die so you could start over with a healthy woman. And when I started listening to those, that made me more sick. Right. And it, then it, it brought and more a little angry at and me. angry at you for, for <laughs> wanting another woman, you stupid man. But the only thing, the only thing you can do is come together in it and choose yes. unity. And it's really hard to stay mad at your spouse when you're praying together and praying for each other. So it's re- it'd be really hard for me to be mad at you if you prayed for me. And it'd be really hard for you to be mad at me Although, if I prayed for you. there was some, a season in our life where you wanted your own prayer life and your own with God. I and, still always want that. No, I know. And you always have to have yeah. that. But I mean, you didn't really want to pray together all well, the time. Well, because I was mad at you. <laughs> and you didn't want to have to stop being mad. Oh, okay. I understand that. I get no, because you were being such a jerk. It wasn't okay. getting better. So I had to maintain. It's like when you drink tequila, <laughs> don't let her have tequila but when you would like that was one of the things when i was so sick was um 
I would just, I have felt so guilty and so shameful that like the house was a mess or I just could barely move or whatever was going on. And when you would look at me and say, just rest, I got this, I'll clean up the kitchen. It was like healing balm would just flow over me. And I would start to feel physically better because the pressure of what I had to do was lifted because you were carrying that burden with me. Mm. And you, if you had looked at me and said, could you please get up? The house is a mess. I would have, it would have devastated me because I was doing everything I could and I wanted to be better. Okay. So what not to do if your spouse is sick, is sick inside, sick outside, whatever the sickness is, physical, spiritual, emotional. Uh, And a lot of times when we're physically sick, we get spiritually sick. Mm -hmm. We lose hope and and we get emotionally sick and and all those things happen. Is not to say negative things to them like you just need to get over it. Yeah, or accusation or, um, you know, trying to fix it with it is always a frustration. There has to be a conversation that says, listen, this is a real issue that, that you're dealing with. So we're dealing with this. How are we going to deal with this together? Yeah. What do you need? Do you need to go see a doctor? Do you need to go see a therapist? Do you need like, what do we need to do and how do I support you in this? And then a kind conscious you know, spouse that can pull themselves out of their own misery for a minute and say, wow, this must be really hard on you. You know, you married this woman that was like outgoing and fun and wanted to do all this stuff. And now she's so depressed or so full of anxiety, she can barely function. Like this must be really hard for you. And give that, give your spouse room to talk to. Yeah, it is. But I'm not going anywhere. It is hard. And I didn't think we were going to deal with this, but I'm not going anywhere. We're going to overcome this together. That changes everything. By the way, your eyes look amazing. Thank you. I guess they always do, but they're You noticed them today? Wow. Uh, Okay. So now let's talk. I, I, you know, let's just be honest. My first marriage, my wife was mentally ill. Um, she did not want to get help no. for that. We we would try counseling and she would, as soon as the counselor would turn to her to try to help, she we'd quit the counselor. And the counselors weren't good enough. I was never good enough. Um, I still refused. There was adultery. There was all kinds of things. I refused to get divorced. Um, but if, the, if your spouse isn't willing to look at themselves. Right in the inside and be really honest with themselves that man, I'm really sick. Something's off here. Yeah. Um, then there's not much hope. Well, there isn't. I mean, life again is all about humility and without someone saying, I, I have an issue. I have a problem. I don't know how to fix it, but I want to fix it. That's a completely different conversation than there's nothing wrong with me. Everything that's wrong is your fault. That person is not seeking to get any kind of healing. You can say, I don't know what to do. And I'm very distraught in, in how I feel. Well, I you said that many times. You said, I don't know how I'm to trying, get better. I'm trying. I did. And I never stopped reading. And I never stopped studying. And I never stopped asking questions. And I never stopped praying. And I, I probably drove you crazy with all the things I was reading. But I was like, I'll, of course, I'll try vitamin D3. Like, why wouldn't I? Of course. I mean, I'll try anything. You know, when people would say to me, well, have you tried it? Okay, I'll try it. I will rub oil all over my body that smells like lavender and all my problems will go. Well, let's just I'll do that try anyway. It. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> like but yeah, idea. like I'll try it, you know, unless it's immoral or something else. I, I, I will keep, but I mean, you have to study, you have to read, you have to figure out why, why am I depressed? Yeah. Where did this come from? What's and I, the root? What's what the... is the root? When did it start? What, what makes it worse? What makes it better? What, do I need to go on some type of medication for a short period of time while we figure this out? Like there's, 
God uses all those things. Absolutely. And when we get in black and white thinking and think it can only be this, sometimes it's something very simple that we just have not walked down that road. Yet. Yeah, and and uh, and we say it, but medication is okay temporarily yeah. to help I don't think you balance. Wants to be on the rest of their life. If you can help it, if you if you have to be, you have to be because God created people right. with incredible, brilliant right. minds that made this medicine. Mm-hmm. You just don't want to get stuck. Right. You can go to counseling and coaching. It's incredible. You need to do that. I We do it. We love it because it gives a different perspective that we always need in our marriages. We need that third perspective. Um, but just don't be with a counselor or a coach that's going to keep you stuck. Yeah. The point is to get to transformation so you don't need them anymore. Um, and so you didn't. I mean, we tried everything. Mm-hmm. But when you finally stopped, you, you dealt with the shame of what you were going through. And you, your body was able to catch up mm-hmm. and God was able just to walk in and heal you yes. through this time. Yep. And so what, what do you say to people that now they're coming out, they're going to go back to busy. They got baseball games and soccer games and they got all this stuff. I hope that is what changes in America. I hope that we keep having simple weddings in people's backyards with, you know, lawn chairs and a hundred dollar wedding dress and a homemade cake and, and I hope that we shut down the extreme competitive sports where people are sitting, you know, instead of being together as a family, they're watching one kid play a sport all weekend. I mean, that nearly killed our family. It divided our family because the girls got old enough. They were sick of sitting in the bleachers and I was sick of it. And I mean, it was really a problem, but, but there was so much pressure that we had to do these things, that our kids had to have these things that right. we had, you know, and there was so much pressure, the house we had to have and the car we had to have. And it just always escalated. And I hope that if one thing that comes out of this, this time of lockdown, because horrible things are going to come out of it. People are going to lose their businesses and people are going to lose relationships. And if there was domestic violence, it probably was heated up during that time. But one thing that will happen is things will come to a head and the things that we do have control over. It's a really good time to reanalyze and look at our life and say, what were we doing? Like, why did we think that was so important? We lived without right. it for three months and it was awesome yes. not to have to carry that or deal with that. And we turned off the TV and we played games together as a family. And we had conversations and, you know, we had long conversations with our kids instead of this rushed right. constant. They got to go to work. We got to go to work. And it just, it, it could, it can be a beautiful thing. Like beautiful things can come out of this. And we, you know, and then we had, happy hour over the computer with our friends, friends. Tom and Emily Davis and Brett and Nicole. We, I mean, people that we miss and have, don't spend time with, we were actually slow enough to yeah. spend time and be attentional. And we're going to keep doing that. I think another part is, you know, all of us leaders at um, Adventures and Missions and G42 and the stuff we're doing, we started praying together twice a week yeah. on Zoom and we're going to keep that going. Because it's incredible. Instead of just having meetings, yeah. you know? Instead of having meetings and running and rushing, yeah. sit and just pray for a half an hour with one another and then, and share with what the, what you feel like the Father's saying. Nobody likes a meeting. It could be a rest. email. Yeah. So it really it really has brought our marriage to a whole new level, yeah. this this thing. And, and simplicity is the key. I love, I love having a simple life. I don't, I want to keep things as simple as possible. It's healed our marriage. The rest of, I mean, I think one of the reasons I couldn't get better was because we did have such a big family. We were on the go all the time and we had a lot of stuff to maintain. And my whole, I mean, I woke up every morning and felt like I was drowning. I mean, we should have gotten rid of all the stuff and told the kids, get over it. Like, 
You don't, Absolutely. you don't need to be doing all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to take naps on Sunday. We're not going to run around in baseball fields and football naps, field. naps. on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Quotation. Like marks. show, like show your children, like this is the most important yes. thing is this family. Right. And this marriage yeah. is even more important than that. Yeah. And most kids are not going to play professional sports. No. So let it go. Yeah. If, if you're a, a white American, um, you're probably not going to play professional sports. If you're a sports. five foot three white American boy, you're probably not going to play for the NBA. Right. Yeah. Uh, so don't tell don't, so, but keep telling your kids they can do anything they want. I, I had, I owned a, uh, a high school recruiting company getting scholarships for, for athletes. And it was more about the parents, wasn't it? It was always about the parents. And I never got a, a, a division one full ride scholarship. There's no such thing as full ride scholarship, by the way. And quite honestly, we've made it the God of America. I made it a God. It, it, it really hurt our family for many years. And, uh, you know, a couple of my boys are still struggling because that was their dream. And that dream is gone. Because and there was no plan so B. And there's, yeah, there wasn't a plan B. So be careful. That's all we're saying. I think we love sports. No, and sports are Kids great. I mean, it, it definitely competition is a good thing. And exercise is a good thing. And being on a team is a great thing. But you can do that one day a, a balance, week. Balance you don't have to do that every night of the week and all weekend. Okay. So where, how do you want to wrap this up? Oh, just, I think what, you know, you have to start with the discussion. And I think the, the bullet points for a discussion in this would be, all right, let's talk about what's going on here. You have been depressed for the better part of five years. Okay. What have we done to help you? Mm. Have we, have you, you know, have you gone to a doctor? Have you looked at nutrition? Have you, what kind of help are you seeking and how can I help you in it? And I need to tell you what I need in this. I need to know that you're going to fight for yourself. I need to know that you're not going to give up. I need you to know that I'm not leaving no matter what, but I would, I want to see you overcome this and I want to help you overcome this. And we're in this together. That could be a really hard conversation for some people. Yeah. And so how, how, how would you start that conversation? Well, uh, would you rather have a hard conversation or let the lawyers do it? Okay. There you go. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think you should think of those things. Absolutely. Because the reason that we never considered divorce after our son killed himself was we looked at our five surviving children and said the last thing they need is parents that hate each other yeah. or having more broken homes and more holidays to figure out. Our our kids are broken and destroyed because of this event in our family. The most important thing we can do is keep our marriage strong so that we can we can be the foundation for our kids to heal. Yes. And so if you realize, like if you really realize how important this is, because society and culture has said it's not that big of a deal. It's a piece of paper. It's a this. It's a that. It's a transaction. But it's a, yeah. it's a covenant that actually is the pillar. It's the it's the first institution that God ever created, and it's the pillar of all families. The pillar of every culture, of, of every tribe, of every everything. And if we don't have our families intact, if we don't have this, society can never pay for all the things that come out of broken families, the divorces, the single parents, the, the, uh, the neglect, the, uh, you know, just the trauma to the children. Like if you, I, outside of you beating me or, you know, having an affair or something, I would, you wouldn't do it. Everybody's watching you. (laughs) I, I don't want to put my kids through anymore. I, I would fight so hard for this that I would be willing to constantly lay down my life and my humility and and my pride and say, this is more important than anything else we do. So let's make this a priority and let's get this thing healed. 
Yeah, guys, and because it was the first institution, it was the first thing that God created. He loves marriage. He absolutely loves, he's a covenantal God, and he loves two people becoming one and having him involved in it. And that's that three strand of rope that can't be broken. Um, and so the enemy then hates it and the enemy will do everything in his power, everything to destroy your marriage. And when you open a door, um, the, the enemy's going to rush in like a, he's going to come in like, a, and then like a flood, the Lord's going to stand up against him if you'll run back to the Lord. But he's looking for any entrance here and, and health, your, your, your spiritual health, your mental health, your physical health is where he's destroying more marriages right now that we sit yeah. saying than anything else. And so this is vital. Get the help. Have the hard conversation. Look each Come other in the, the eyes. Plan. And before you have the conversation, make sure your heart's right. Just yeah. say, Father, I want a heart of, of purity and I want to speak the truth in love. I don't want to come across critical or angry or judgmental or defensive. So, Father, I'm asking for that kind of heart. Mm-hmm. And then have the hard conversation and make a plan. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. Absolutely make a plan. Yeah. Anything else you want to add to that? No, I just think that, you know, you just have to, um, we have to be honest and look at ourselves and be real. And, yeah. and everything I do affects other people. Yeah. Everything I say, everything I post, everything I, the way I treat you, it affects the way I treat my kids, the way I treat our interns. It affects everybody. It does. And so our words are incredibly powerful. Our actions are incredibly powerful. And so, Personal responsibility is the best place to start is how am I suffering and am I lashing out at other people because I'm miserable? Because that is something you have control over is even if you are suffering, you still get to rise above your emotions in the moment. Mm. And that, I mean, the last thing we were going to talk about is how this affects people's sex lives because you know, the most important thing you can do for your intimacy is have a really amazing sex life and have that be a priority and we make that, that's a non-negotiable here. That is a priority to both of us. We don't let that slip no matter what happens. Right. Like this is very, that, that keeps our intimacy Jesus. alive. I know it's so, so awesome. But there's physical things that can come in to play there that can really kind of disrupt the intimacy. And I think a lot of men are really struggling with hormonal issues and men don't think that they might need to see a doctor. A man might feel like, lethargic or, you know, have a hard time with sexual performance or whatever. And he's not thinking maybe my hormones are off because with our current diets and the way that we, I mean, our hormones are usually off. Right. There's sometimes a very simple thing. Like there was one time I thought I was dying and I went to the doctor, they did a blood test and they said, you literally have no vitamin D. Like, we don't even know how you got up the stairs to come to our office because, and I was like, oh, thank God. It was a simple thing. They gave me a prescription for vitamin D and within a month I was like feeling almost normal. And, yeah, and a I lot of men, men yeah. we, I mean, we feel discouraged and yeah. we feel like we can't perform in the bedroom. We feel personal. like and yeah. something's off. And then, you know, we're watching a great show right now on Paramount called um, Yellowstone mm-hmm. and it's true cowboys. It's Kevin Costner. He executive produced the, the show and he's a, he's a real cowboy. Um, and as a lot of you know, I grew up a cowboy, so I, I get it. And but he won't go to the hospital. He's got cancer and he refuses to stay. That mentality He's just that mentality of individualism. And I'm going to I'm going to do this my own way instead of depending upon his family and the father and asking for help and asking for help. It's killing him. Yeah. And so for us men, guys, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to go get checked if your hormones off. It's okay to use Viagra and have a great sex life. Um, All those things are good. But we've got to lay down our pride and we've got to and we've got to admit to ourselves first. This is a problem. It's affecting my family. I need to go get help. And I'm going to make a plan with my spouse to go do that. Yes. And uh, and it's called humility. It's called humbling ourselves 
and figuring it out together. And well, and um, the, I, when I was married to John, he never could hear anything I said, and he was young. I married him when he was 25 and, or 24, and I couldn't figure out why he never heard anything I said. And I would yell and I would get frustrated. And then we finally went and got his ears checked and he was almost completely deaf from having extremely loud music in his car when he was a teenager. And he had to get hearing aids at 30. And I sat and wept because I felt so bad that I had taken something personal and turned it into and made up the story in my head that he didn't care about me, that he didn't care what I had to say. He literally couldn't hear. And when I started crying in the doctor's office, he looked at me and said, it's about time you show some compassion. Like he was really hurt and really struggling. And it was a simple fix. If we'd had the conversation, like maybe you're not just being a jerk. Maybe you actually can't hear. What? What? You know, and it, I, there's so many things I think that are are simple things sometimes. If we could just do a little bit of research and humble ourselves and get help. But sometimes our pride keeps us from doing that. It's our pride that keeps us, guys. It's never as bad as it seems and it's never as good as it seems. And what the Lord wants to teach you is how to hold everything that comes as bad and everything that comes as good the same way. Mm-hmm. And not be affected emotionally. You can get affected for a moment. But but sit in the good news and sit in the bad news the same way. And allow it to, to teach you what it's there to teach mm-hmm. you. Stop asking God to take it away and ask him why it's there and what is there to teach you and do that together in your marriage. I promise you it'll bring simplicity. It'll bring answers and um, and some healing. Mm-hmm. And so let's pray. Okay. Father, in Jesus name, we bless every marriage. God, everybody listening to this podcast, uh, watching it on video. Father, we just ask in Jesus name that you would break sickness in marriages. You'd break this physical sickness, the spiritual sickness, the emotional sickness, the mental sickness. Father, would you give solutions even maybe now as people are listening, just drop into their hearts solutions from heaven of how to help their spouse or how to help themselves get to healing and get to health. We do ask and thank for healing. Yes, in Jesus' name. Yes. He's a for God life. that heals. He loves to heal. For life. All right, guys, look, if you're if any struggle coming out of this thing, make sure and go to GaryLisaBlack.com. Uh, let's let's um, get perspective. Yeah. All, all we hear, we hear it over and over and over when we do our coaching calls, is you just centered me again. You gave me pers- – I already knew this. But but it gave me perspective again and it gave me centering in my soul so that I, I know how to go forward now. I know how to make a plan. And uh, and so we love you. Thank you. This will be on our Patreon uh, Wednesday, the video and podcast uh, for our Patreon people. And then on Friday, it will be out on iTunes and SoundCloud and all over the place for everybody to hear. God bless you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Part eight. Are we going to end marriage? Sure. Let's do part eight of marriage next week. <laughs>